All right, I need all the procrastinators in the audience to raise their hand. You're not raising your hand because you didn't even show up. You thought about it, but you decided not to. (laughs) Just kidding. If you're a procrastinator, this is for you. I am naturally a procrastinator. Yes, I'm the person that would write my college essays on, you know, Tuesday night, the day before they were due, start writing them. However, I have learned a lot of tactics over the years in growing my business to overcome procrastination. And so I'm going to be giving you some tips on how I did that, not by somebody who's great at this, but by somebody who is real and honest and has a problem with procrastination and has found a way out. You're listening to Business Savvy with Abby Ashley. If you're a six or seven figure business owner who wants to learn how to scale your business beyond yourself, you're in the right place. We'll talk about all things strategy, marketing tactics, operations, team building, everything you need to become business savvy. Now, here's your host, Abby Ashley. I want to start out this episode by saying if you are a natural born procrastinator, don't worry. I would say that the majority of business owners that I have met are procrastinators as well. And so today's episode, it's for us to be real. It's for us to be honest. And it's for us to come up with a plan for how to get over our procrastination, because there is something to be said for actually getting stuff done. Am I right? So know that you're not alone. And in today's episode, I want to dive into some of the reasons that I have found about my own procrastination, and some tactics and tools that I have used to actually overcome it. Now, I will say, um, when evaluating my own journey with procrastination, there are two main problems associated with it. Whenever I procrastinate, one, I have found that it doesn't always just affect me, especially now that I have a team. My procrastination has become a bigger deal. So whenever it was just me, myself, and I in business, I could procrastinate. I could say, oh, yeah. That email, I'm sending it out Friday, I'm sending it out Friday, I'm sending it out Friday, and be writing it at 6 a.m. on Friday, hit the publish button by 7 a.m., right? The procrastination didn't really affect as many people, sometimes my family, because I would say, oh, sorry, I procrastinated on this, and now I have to work, um, you know, during a time that was supposed to be family time. So let's be honest, sometimes it did affect people even before I had a team. But now that I have a team, even more so, If I don't get things done on time, it literally affects other people. And I have found that my lack of responsibility at times does, you know, flood over onto other people and can cause them to be stressed out. And that's never something that I want to do to my team. So especially as business has grown, especially as I have, you know, become a manager of people, I have had to learn how to beat my procrastination. And I'm not sitting here saying that I do this perfectly by any means, but um, hopefully what I share with you today will uh, help you to overcome your own procrastination as well. So let's dive into the reasons why we procrastinate. I have found for me personally, there are two main reasons why I actually procrastinate. Uh, The first is fear. And um, a lot of times it is actually a fear of perfection, like, or not of perfection, but of like not appearing perfect that 
basically what I'm trying to say is what I'm going to do isn't going to be good enough. So I don't want to start it and have to face the fact that it's not going to be good enough. Whoo. Wow. Did anybody else feel that? Um, I, I mean, this is just a reality for me and for all of the perfectionists. If it's like, man, I'm a procrastinator and a perfectionist, double whammy. That is, uh, I'm raising my hand right here with you. I can definitely procrastinate something because I just don't think it's going to be good enough. And, you know, um, in my virtual assistant training company, the virtual savvy, we see this all the time with our students is that people will, will have a task or an assignment as simple as like, you know, choose your logo by the end of this week. And we will just have people who will just not do it. And they're just paralyzed by fear. Like, what if I choose the wrong thing? What if it's terrible? What if it's ugly? What if it's not going to be great? What if I choose a business name? And three weeks later, I want to change it. And like all those what ifs just start to flood our mind. And so um, I think that fear and just that need for perfection can be a very real reason for procrastination. It's the first reason that I found. And when it comes to overcoming that fear, well, hold on, we'll get into that in a second. Let me name both the fears and then I'll go into how I overcome them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, do you like how I'm, I'm having this uh, the outline is going as I go along. I did come up with an outline. I did not procrastinate this, but I'm like changing it on the fly. Okay. So the first reason people procrastinate is the fear of not being perfect, right? The second reason that I found that I procrastinate is not always, it's not always fear-based. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm not scared to do it. I just haven't done it, right? It is usually just a lack of organization, honestly, a lack of either structure or planning or forward thinking. Um, sometimes it's about having unrealistic expectations of myself. Like I think I'm going to get a hundred things done today. And look, I only had time for three. So I didn't mean to procrastinate this thing. I just really thought I could get more done than I actually could. And so this thing just be, is the thing that keeps getting pushed off, pushed off, pushed off, pushed off. So the two main reasons, right? Why I personally, and maybe this resonates with you as well, why I procrastinate is usually number one, some kind of a fear, right? And then number two is just a lack of organization. So how have I been able to accomplish, overcome those two areas in my life? And I think that if we can do this, these, at least for me, have been huge keys to unlock a new level of potential in my life, unlock a new level of just getting stuff done, right? Like, uh, which has been super helpful for me. So we'll talk about the first one. I told you I would break them down. Um, but I wanted to name the two reasons first. So let's talk about fear first. So I am a huge fan of identifying our fears, like getting them out there. Let's not be, um, let's not be afraid of sharing our fears, but let's not like just keep them hidden because when we put our fears in the dark, we can't actually face them. Like you can't look at them straight on if you don't even identify what they are. Right. And so for me, one of the things that helps a lot in this area is journaling. I've shared my affinity for journaling in the past. Um, I'm a huge fan of journaling because for me, it's a really great way to just get out what I'm feeling. Like a lot of times I don't even know what my feelings are unless I start writing them. And once I write them out, I'm like, oh, that's what I was feeling. Cool, cool. So writing out my fears has been a really, really great activity for me. And so if there's if I'm pausing on something and the pause is not because just a lack of organization, sometimes it helps for me to ask, like, why am I really waiting to do this? And if I think the answer is fear, it's time to grab my journal. 
And it's time to ask myself, why am I actually scared of this? Like, what do I think is going to happen? And really writing it out because what happens is when we don't actually like write down our fear, we don't identify it, we don't give it a name, then it stays behind us, right? And so just imagine I have my hand behind my head, right? I'm holding my hand behind my head. So this fear, when it's behind us, it's looming, right? And it's actually scarier when it's behind us because you know that feeling when something's just like behind you, creeping up on you, right? My husband, whenever he like creeps up on me quietly and tries to scare me, like it's a lot scarier if I don't see it coming. And yes, we do go back and forth and try to scare each other sometimes. And that's not my favorite game. But when it's looming, it's scarier, right? So what you do is you take it, you grab hold of it from behind you, and you put it right in front of your face and you look at it. And that's what journaling can do is you actually identify the fear that's holding you back. And so you look at it. You f- it's literally like the term face your fear means that you look at it dead on. And it's not so scary when you do that. Winston Churchill said perfection is the enemy of progress. And if we want to move forward, then we actually have to look at the thing that is is scaring us. And a lot of times it is that perfection mindset. It's that idea of like, what if this isn't perfect? And you know, one of our core values at at our company is action over perfection. And the reason why we've named it as a core value is because it it has had to become just kind of this mantra, not only for me in business, but for you know all the people that we're leading in the business itself, my employees, but also the students or the clients that we're training. It's like at a certain point in entrepreneurship, you just have to move forward. And I think that that's what entrepreneurship is, is just a series of imperfect actions, right? And so I was actually having this discussion just with my husband today. We were talking about like just, you know, business in general and new business ideas, future business ideas, things that he is getting excited about. And this idea of like, but he's like, I think I just get in my head, like, uh, you know, he hasn't taken a whole lot of action on some of the ideas that he has as of yet, but I think he's getting ready to. And he's like, I think I just get really scared, honestly, of like, you know, like what could happen if if this doesn't go well. And I'm like, that's entrepreneurship, though. Like, (laughs) like entrepreneurship is literally just a series of failing and getting back up, failing, learning from it, getting back up failing, learning from it, getting back up, trying something new. I mean, that is literally what entrepreneurship is. And if anyone has told you anything other than that, it's not true. Because entrepreneurship is just a series of failing and people who are brave enough to get back up and try again. And so for me, um, and that's been my story too. Like you can look at our business and you can look at like, oh, the million dollars of course sales we do, this massive community of 100,000 virtual assistants that we own, or all of these different things, like you can, you can look at our successes, but you're not looking at all the failures that it took for me to get there, right? You aren't looking at the, you know, the very first online course that I created, which I spent six months creating, I spent six months creating this online course. I mean, so many hours and had only one person buy it. It was $97. And, um, and I, by the way, I, I was a freelancer at this point. I had let go of all my clients because I'm like, I'm going to be a course creator. I'm going to make so much money from creating courses. And my first course, I made $97. I think the guy requested a refund. And then I got a cease and desist letter because my name was some like, I, what did I name it? Um, 
uh, I don't know. I didn't know to like check like trademarks and then to know, like to make sure that my, like the name of my course wasn't taken by someone else. So I literally just threw away the course. I was like, well, that didn't work, but I didn't quit. Like it didn't stop at that point. I said, all right, what can I learn from this? Hey, learn, make sure the name that you choose isn't already in use, right? I learned it, how to do a trademark search, right? And that was one of, it's a very important lesson in business. And it's like good that it happened to me when I was just, you know, small stuff. And so I think that, you know, it's just part of business. And I wish there was like a more glamorous way to say that. Like, I wish I had something that was more encouraging. That's like, no, you're not going to fail. But the reality is, is that you're gonna, like, you're gonna mess up. You're gonna fumble. You're gonna fall. You're going to send out that email that says, hello, first name, right? We've all done it. And you're going to mess up, but that's okay. If that prevents you from moving forward, then you're never going to accomplish anything in business. Because if your first failure is going to make you stop, then, then you weren't fit for it in the first place. You've got to develop that tough skin that says, all right, I'm going to fall. I'm going to learn from my mistakes and I'm going to move forward with the lessons that I've learned from that failure. So yes. Fear of failure is a real thing. I've had it myself. Not only have I had the fear of failure, I've had failure. And then you get up and you have to learn from it and you move forward. And it can't be the thing that stops you from taking action. Perfection is the enemy of progress. We're just never going to achieve it. Or the only way that we're going to have progress is if we get over our need for everything to be perfect for us to never make mistakes, right? So that's the first reason why we procrastinate. The second reason why I procrastinate specifically is just sometimes lack of organization. I have found that, um, you know, if you're getting really overwhelmed in business, it might just need that you just need a more solid plan, right? And your more solid plan likely needs to pair with more realistic expectations of yourself. I have started time blocking. I don't know if you guys are fans of time blocking. Time blocking has been an absolute game changer for the way that I live my life. And it's it's changed over the years what it looks like, right? So I typically work Monday through Thursday. We've switched our team to a four-day work week. Sometimes I will still work Fridays, but uh, I try not to. And I try to do like all of my personal errands on Fridays. And so I have blocked off, you know, I don't take a meeting on a Friday. Like you, if you get a calendar link for me, there will not be an open spot on a Friday because if at all possible, I'm taking off, I'm doing personal stuff on Fridays, right? Mondays and Tuesdays are kind of my meeting days. And so those are the days that I'm getting in and I am doing meetings with my team. And so those are pretty booked up. Like, I mean, my Mondays and Tuesdays book up pretty quickly, because it's just my time to like plan out the week, get an idea of projects, what am I going to accomplish, etc, etc. Thursdays for me are kind of planning or not planning up their podcasting and filming days. So, you know, that is when I'll get hair and makeup done. I will go we have like this little in house YouTube studio that we made. And I will go flip on the camera and I'll try to batch record four or five YouTube videos all at one time. I will try to batch a few podcast episodes on a Thursday, right? Like I'll, I'll batch, batch, batch. They are my filming recording days. It is the day for me to be on. And then Wednesdays, I'm bouncing around a little bit here, but Wednesdays are my deep work days. And so I actually used to film on Wednesday and then I would do deep work on Thursday, but I recently switched it because I was finding that I was spending all this time recording with like the stress of all the projects I needed to do in the back of my head. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I'm wasting time filming over a, a video that needs to be done three weeks from now when I have this huge project that needs to be done this week. And it was stressing me out. So I actually switched. And now I do my deep work days on Wednesdays and my filming on Thursdays. So if you take a look at my schedule, the amount of time I have in my week to actually like get work done is about like six hours, like deep work, sitting down, actually doing a project or a task. I don't know about you, but like for me, I can't get, a t- I mean, I'm a pretty fast worker, but I mean, I can't get a hundred projects done, right? I can't even get 20 projects. At most, I can usually get maybe two big projects done in that six hour time frame. And so if I am, if I am expecting and I have this to-do list with a hundred things on it, no wonder I'm procrastinating because I don't have a system in place that's actually going to have me achieve the things that need to be achieved first. I'm not prioritizing well, likely, and um, I'm not giving myself realistic expectations in relation to my calendar. So time blocking has really been a fan and, and you have to be realistic. You have to be realistic with yourself of what you can actually accomplish. My husband is, well, he's an Enneagram two sometimes and an Enneagram three other times. We like say that he's like the perfect 2.5. I can, I go back and forth. Some days I'm like, oh, you're an Enneagram three. And then other days I'm like, oh my gosh, you're such a two, right? And whatever. Anybody who loves Enneagram is understanding. Anybody who doesn't, you're like, okay, whatever. He's a, he's a human. He's not a number. He's a human and a number in my opinion, but it's okay. So what his affirmation is to himself, so we, ha- we each have these affirmations and his is, I have realistic expectations of myself and others. And whew, that's a good one. And it's hard. It's really hard for all of us, I think. I feel like I have generally pretty realistic expectations of other people. But when it comes to myself, I have real unrealistic expectations a lot, especially if it comes to how much I can accomplish is because I'm a I'm a quick start. I'm an action taker. And so I'm like, yeah, I can do a hundred things. And I'm like, oh crap, I dropped the ball on like 99 of those. So we do have to be realistic and that's going to really help with um, our procrastination problem. So if you haven't already started a way to prioritize your tasks, I highly, highly recommend it. There's a lot of different ways that you can do this. I love to-do lists. I used to keep them I mean, even in high school, I would have a to-do list that was just, you know, I had a planner and in the back of the planner, there was just this extra paper and I just always have this running to-do list, right? And I would usually go through and I'd cross off the things that were easier so the most fun because everyone loves marking things off your to-do list. Like write down on your to-do list, write a to-do list and then mark it off because, hey, you did it, right? Like that's that's my plan, quick wins. But I I had a list then. And then when I was in college, I had a mentor who showed me how to do these ABC to-do lists and it was revolutionary for me. And so they, um, essentially what you do is you create a piece of paper, you know, and eventually you can put this in a project management tool, but you would have a piece of paper and you would draw two lines on it. So now you have three columns, right? And at the top of each column, you write, um, A on the first column, B on the second column and C on the third column. And now when you're creating your to-do list, rather than putting it all in one list, you take each item and you say, hey, is this an A-list item? A-list is urgent and important. Like this stuff needs to be done today, right? And so I try to only keep things that need to be done absolutely, hands down, can't wait another minute today. 
on my A list. On my B list are things that are, you know, important, but maybe not urgent. They don't need to be done today. Or maybe they're kind of urgent, but they're really not that important. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it's like, oh, I'm supposed to make homemade cookies for the school thing, you know, the school festival. And then at the end of the day, you're like, or I could buy store-bought cookies, (laughs) which is usually me. (laughs) I'm like, I'm the, I'm like, can I just be the mom that like Venmo's you $20? Because that is definitely my style. So urgent, uh, but maybe not that important or things that are really, really important, but they're just not as urgent. So they will eventually be in your A list, but they're just not today. Right. Um, so that goes in your B list. And then the C list is like, Hey, this stuff is, is urgent. Maybe it's not, or, or the C list is nothing urgent at all. It's stuff that is maybe important. It may not be important. It's just not for now. Right. And so A, B, C, you prioritize. And so what happens is that you're just, you're only doing things that are in your A list. I only ever do a list tasks, right? And so what happens is that um, over time, I'm moving things over to the A-list, which is where a project management tool can really come in handy. So if we're talking about like the graduation of Abby and her productivity over time, it started in high school with getting a planner, having my running to-do list. In college, I moved to this ABC to-do list still on pen and paper. And then eventually I moved to Trello and I would have three, you know, I'd have three boards. I'd have an A, a B and a C list Trello board. And I actually still use Trello just for like my personal stuff, like things that don't have to do with business. Like we have like a, um, like a house projects list and I'll make an ABC to do list for like house projects that we want to accomplish. But so Trello was like the next version. And then now we've graduated on to the next level, which is ClickUp. And so I have essentially ABC lists in ClickUp, or I will put everything in just one list and use their priority factors. So in, um, in ClickUp, you can say, hey, this is, you know, a red, this is urgent priority, yellow is next, blue, etc. And so you can like go through and mark the priority level, which is what I'll do a lot of times. So that way it just shows up automatically in my calendar. But this idea of like prioritizing your tasks based on their urgency and importance is really, really a big deal. Another way that I have found to overcome my procrastination is by making sure that my daily tasks take up as little time as possible. So what I've done is I've created a daily checklist And what it is, again, um, you can do reoccurring lists in a project management tool like Trello or like Asana or like ClickUp. So what I do is in ClickUp, I have this daily reoccurring task that every single day I have this card that pops up. I click on the card and there's a checklist. And in that checklist are the things that I'm going to do every single day. And it's really just to get my brain in the right place and to make sure my priorities are set straight for the day. And so my daily task usually will be that, hey, I'm going to check Slack, right? Like I have um, my team all communicates via Slack. So let me check my Slack messages. Let me look at my calendar for today. That's where I start getting in the mindset of how many working hours do I really have? Oh, look, I have meetings all day and I have one hour to eat and work. I'm going to get very little done today. You know, like, like, uh, okay, meetings are getting things done, right? But like in my brain, It's like deep work. I'm not going to have a whole lot of deep work time. Cool. I've checked my calendar. I look at that. I'll usually look at my calendar even for the next few days. Then I usually look at our content calendar just because I like to have a frame of reference of what's happening in the business. Um, And then I come up with my plan for the day. Okay. Again, I've got these meetings. I look at my time block. Do I need to adjust anything? Do I need to change anything? 
maybe I do have a two hour time frame. Okay, let me look at my ABC to do list. In those two hours, what am I going to accomplish off of my A list, right? Then I will spend five minutes kind of doing the social things, right? Like I will do a quick sweep on Facebook, see if I was tagged in anything. I will do a quick sweep over on Instagram, try to post a story, right? I'll look quickly at my Facebook messages and text messages. And I try to do all of this in like five to 10 minutes. That way it's just like, check, 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 boom, done. Closed for the day. Literally, I check, I try to check it once a day and not even open it again. I have turned off notifications. I don't get notified about anything social, Instagram, Facebook, it doesn't pop up on my phone, it doesn't pop up on my computer, because it will distract me. I will check it once, maybe twice a day. And that is it. And then that is really, it's time for me to do my project work, right? Um, or, Or to go into my day. So that daily checklist usually takes me like, less than overall 15, 20 minutes. I think I do a time block of about 30 minutes for my dailies. Um, But a lot of times, especially if um, I don't have to move things around or if there wasn't a whole lot in socials or in my email that I needed to attend to right away, then I will, yeah, it'll take like 30 minutes or less. So that's uh, been a huge way, again, for me to actually implement. I've set these realistic expectations. I've done this ABC to-do list, but I need to like actually have something. It's like, it's the thing that starts my day. It's the thing that says, okay, now you're ready to go. And so checking my dailies, I, that's what I call them, my dailies. And it's in, in my calendar as a time block dailies. And they, they just reoccur every single morning. I get that task list. And that is my way to initiate. Okay. The day has started. Here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to accomplish. I hope that this has been helpful to you. The thing that I am a really big fan of is is setting yourself up to win. We're not going to win if we don't have a plan to win. I have a little sticky note actually next to my mirror uh, in my bathroom that says plan to win. Because in my opinion, if I don't make a plan to win, then I'm not going to win. Like whatever winning is for you, right? That could be you know, whatever goals you have, or those are personal goals, if those are health goals, if they're relationship goals, like you got to have a plan for it. Like you're not going to have an amazing marriage and just fall into it, right? It's because you're going to be intentional about that thing. You're not going to have a thriving business because you just fell into a thriving business. It's because you made a plan and you went out and you accomplished that plan. So if you're going to win, you got to plan to win and then actually execute on the plan. All right. So I have to ask you, what is one big takeaway that you have from today's show? Whatever you heard today, maybe you have multiple things that you're going to take from this. You're going to start doing these priority lists. You're going to start doing daily tasks. Maybe you're going to do a fear journal and actually like journal out. What am I actually afraid of? So I can look at it straight in the face. Take at least one action item. Okay. Don't let this just be a podcast that you listen to and you're like, oh, that was nice. Like, no, I'm going to take one thing and I'm going to make it part of my life. Like I'm going to actually take action on it and I'm going to do something with it. So what is that one takeaway that you have from today? Thank you so much again for joining me for today's show and I'll catch you next week. You just finished another episode of the business savvy show for more free business scaling and hiring resources, head over to business We'll see you next time. Savvies.